This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today on the podcast, I want to share with you two ways you can start improving your jazz improvisation today. And I want to share with you a few different people that I know who recently have implemented these things and have made clear progress in their jazz playing. All right, let's jump right into it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast my friends do appreciate you. I apologize in advance if I sound, my voice sounds a little different or I sound a little stuffed up. My whole family finally got COVID. (laughs) We've never had it over the last two years, right? Since the pandemic started. Somehow we were able to avoid it uh, up until now, this moment, but we're all doing okay. Um, my daughter is doing okay. She's a young baby. My dog is also even sick, but uh, everybody's doing fine. We're on the mend and all is good, but hey, the show must go on. But like I said, very excited to share with you these two ways that you can start improving your jazz improvisation, your jazz solos today. And these really come down to two main areas that I think we need to be thinking about when we're trying to improve our jazz solos. Because a lot of times we're getting frustrated that we're not improving or we're listening to the jazz musicians we admire and we're not feeling like we're able to match up to that, right? We're not hearing our solos sound like theirs. So it's all about kind of digging a little bit deeper and trying to figure out different ways and strategies to bridge those gaps. Now, I was inspired to do this episode today after going through our Inner Circle membership. For those of you who aren't familiar, we have a membership called the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. Um, We do a lot of stuff in there, like we learn a new jazz standard and we practice and we do courses and all that stuff. But one of the fun things about it is the community in there where we have just lots of musicians playing all sorts of instruments who are posting progress of their playing, whether it be in one of our jazz standard studies that we work on every month or one of our courses, And they're sharing their progress via audio and video recordings. And then the community, uh, other members get to comment and, you know, either encourage or give some positive feedback or constructive feedback, or either me or our community manager, Brett, will go in and help out, do a little bit of coaching. So I saw two posts this last week that really inspired me, that really got me thinking. And when I listen to these, I was like, yes, aha, these people are doing the right thing. They're on the right track. They're thinking the right way about their jazz practicing and addressing some of those roadblocks that they're having. So 
The first one is from one of our members named Elna, and she plays the guitar. And she's been working on the minor blues. She might be working in our minor blues accelerator course. I actually can't quite remember where this post came from. But she was practicing using a certain technique. And what I'd like to do um, first is kind of just start playing it. And I won't play the whole thing because it's a little bit long, but I'll start playing it. And then after listening to it for a while, I'll discuss what's actually going on. All right, so let's take a listen to Elna. Okay, okay, okay. So let's stop it right there. So let's talk about what just happened. So this actually goes on for another three minutes or so, by the way. So what Elna is doing, first of all, is she's looping the last four bars of an E-flat minor blues, okay? So she's looping the last four bars of an E-flat minor blues. So first of all, this is a big lesson here for all of us who are trying to improve our jazz improvisation. Too often when we're trying to improve on a jazz standard or a blues form, like in her case here, we're taking the entire piece and trying to improve our jazz improvisation. The other thing that sometimes we do is we're like, hey, here's a lick that I just learned or a music theory concept I just learned. And you kind of practice it within isolation. And there's kind of two problems with that. So on one hand, when you're practicing something macro, right, like the entire song form, like in some cases, like a 32-bar song form, it's kind of difficult for you to improve at any one section of that jazz standard, right? And the second problem is when we're trying to apply certain concepts, right, and we're not applying it to actual music, musical scenarios, right, then it's difficult for us to actually marry those and start getting those ideas to come out organically in our solos. So what Elna did here, she combined both of those. She took just part of this minor blues that she wanted to work on, the last four bars. So she had identified, I need to work on this. I want to get better at playing these chord progressions here. And then 
she started applying different concepts to them. So when we're thinking about improving our improvisation, we need to get very critical about where we're starting to come and hit roadblocks, where we're hitting walls, right? So it could be the two, five, one chord progression, right? Um, it could be a one, six, two, five chord progression. It could be the last four bars of a minor blues, whatever it happens to be. And we need to decide, okay, so what is wrong with this situation? How can I make this easier for myself and start experimenting and really figuring it out? So we need to break it down to those more micro situations. And looping is a real great tool to do this, right? Literally just taking several bars and looping it. So whether it is um, if you use a tool like Amazing Slowdowner or there's other tools that are like slowdowners, they usually have these loop, these loop functions on there that you could do with a backing track or a recording that you're trying to play along with or whatever it happens to be. Or there's also lots of loop pedals out there. So, and of course, for guitar players, there's loop pedals where you can easily loop your playing and keep it going over and over again. But also saxophone players and piano players and anyone can actually use loop pedals. So using this concept of looping ideas over and over again is a great tool. Actually, I think Elna might have just been using the iReal Pro app because I think you can do that there too. I think you can even input your own changes. Um, we use Band in a Box for our backing tracks. So Band in a Box is a great um piece of software where you could just input changes that you want to practice with. They'll have a play along going and just loop it. So this is a really good way to practice. And I think Elna just really, really nailed it. And I don't always see people doing this. And I think that she's benefiting a lot from this. And I asked her, you know, could you briefly talk about what you learned in this practice session and how you find this kind of practice helpful. So she gave me some more information. So she told me what she was trying to do with this. So she actually had very specific things she wanted to work on. So number one, she wanted to deal with Lydian dominance on the B7 chord there, doing thirds and scale fragment sounds. Number two, she wanted to deal with the altered scale on the B flat seven. Like if you were listening, I definitely heard her using the altered scale a lot there and the Lydian dominant. She wanted to connect Lydian dominant number three with altered uh, via stepwise connections up or down. Like, I mean, this is very specific, guys, very specific. Number four, play whatever on the E flat minor seven, but sometimes trying three note pentatonic patterns, right? So that was the the chord that, that she ended on the loop. Um, and I definitely heard those pentatonic patterns happening too. Great way to kind of end a, a minor blues. And then five, number five, given those trying to make my own lines. Okay. So she literally had five things that she was doing. And so that was what I was talking about. She's isolating specific musical concepts that she's learned, like the Lydian dominant, like the altered scale, like pentatonics patterns, right? Three note pentatonic patterns to be even more specific. And she's going, great. I know this information, but how do I actually apply it? And so if you continue to actually listen to the recording, and we won't do that on the podcast, you can hear her experimenting with these things. And not one of her ideas sounds exactly the same. Sometimes it sounds a bit repetitive, and sometimes it sounds, um, you know, like it's not moving to a new direction, but that's what practicing is all about. It's about experimenting and trying new things 
and drilling things over and over again until you get them. So that's the first example that I want to give you of a great way you can start improving your jazz improvisation today is find a micro piece of something you need to work on, like a chord progression, loop it for days, and then get very specific about what kinds of concepts or things you want to do over top of that to start creating sounds and ideas. And I 100% know for sure that the more Elna and you do this kind of stuff, improvising will become more natural. Applying these concepts will become more natural over time. Um, she actually added a few more things. So she said, why? Why was she doing this, right? Number one, each day seemed I had to start over on seventh scales, fingerings and sounds. Number two, she wants to build muscle memory for the seventh chord sounds, fingering relative to chord shape. Number three, example was mostly in one position and she was working on others going for at least three. So that goes to my comment where a lot of things kind of sounded the same. She was kind of sticking in one position on her guitar, but it sounds like she wants to do the same thing in another position on her guitar. I mean, this is next level practicing. And number four, that was an E flat minor, but I want to do it in other keys like C or F or B flat. Now imagine that. Imagine everything we're talking about, like Elna is thinking about how she wants to practice. This is next level stuff. This is this is a perfect example of how you actually improve, right? This is how you actually improve. Now, another thing I respect when she gave me the reply is she noted a problem that she's having to me. And the problem that she notes is confusion when changing positions or keys until she adjusts and does it for another minute. She can't switch seamlessly and her goal is to solve that, right? So there's a disconnect for her right now with these concepts and the positions or the keys that she's playing them in on her instrument, right? So again, this is also next level thinking when it comes to improving and practicing. She's literally thinking like, this is the problem that I'm having. After doing this prop, this practice, this is what I'm struggling with. And the fact that she's even aware of that is what is going to allow her to take her solos to the next level, to focus on that in the next practice session. So I was blown away by Elna and hopefully just me explaining this to you, you're already just flooded with insight and ideas for what you can start doing in the practice room, just like the same way Elna has. Okay, so let's move on to the next lesson, the next way you can improve your jazz solos. And again, this is uh, inspired by one of our Inner Circle members' uh, posts. And this member, his name is Andre. Andre has been uh, with us in the Inner Circle since the very beginning. So he's been here for years now. He has improved a, a lot, a lot. And he's definitely one of those players that is creative, and he's always thinking about how to solve his problems. And he's very actively engaged. Like he's practicing all the time. He's playing all the time and it shows and it's really paid off. Now, before I play his recording, this time I'll explain what he actually did. So we're studying how high the moon this month, uh, or I'm sorry, last month we were studying how high the moon. That's the jazz. We study a new jazz standard every single month. And so Andre said that he decided to concentrate 
only on learning Charlie Parker licks and that he used on four sessions from the Onyx Club in 1948. So what he wanted to do was dedicate the entire month to working on Charlie Parker stuff over top of how high the moon or right ornithology is birds contrafact over how high the moon. So he says, I spent my month trying to integrate the language and the variations he used on the changes. It is impressive to see how he always comes up with a different idea on the first bar of each chorus using mostly chord tones, but with a different order and variation. I tried to reproduce some of those first bars ideas and improvise the chorus from there. Okay. So Basically, Andre has done a full-on study of Charlie Parker for the last month, okay? So he's trying to channel Charlie Parker. Now, I'll play for you the recording, and when you're listening to the recording, I want you to be thinking about Charlie Parker, like him trying to play Charlie Parker stuff. Um, He did want me to leave a note for you and just say that, you know, this is a work in progress. Like, this isn't perfect, um, but I I just want to say about that, that that is exactly what we should be doing, right, is putting ourselves out there and playing and learning and growing um, and figuring out what do we need to work on and what do we need to prove on next. So while he did want me to give you that disclaimer, um, I think what Andre has done here is, is quite amazing. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay, so did you hear that? Did you hear how many Charlie Parker isms were in there? And for me, this was especially like amazing to listen to because I've been listening to Andre's playing, you know, on and off for the last couple of years. So I kind of know the way he plays to a certain degree, although we have a lot of members. But, you know, what I could really hear was an immediate jump up in the jazz language side of Andre's playing. Like his uh, understanding of language of jazz and some great jazz language kind of started emerging here that I haven't quite heard him play before. And so I thought a lot about that. And I just thought a lot about how valuable it is to deep dive in on one musician over just one song right? One recording, exactly what what Andre did. He just said, I want to learn Charlie Parker. I want to learn Charlie Parker only on How High the Moon, because I'm studying that song. I want to learn only from this one recording, because I like the way that sounds, right? And so he was able to channel that. Now, that's amazing. And what he can do next time, or anyone can do next time, is pick another musician, or pick more Charlie Parker, or whatever you want to do, and figure out more things. I love the notes that he left on his post where he talked about um, specifically what he learned from 
Charlie Parker. I, mean, I, I already said this, but it said, he said, it is impressive to see how he always comes up with a different idea on the first bar of each chorus using mostly chord tones, but with different order and variation, right? So he became mindful of actually what Charlie Parker was doing, not only learning the licks, but trying to figure out like, what is it that is making this sound good? So it's funny. It's just like Charlie Parker rubbed off on his playing for the whole month. And so you can hear the difference there. And 100% Andre's jazz playing improved and his jazz language improved this last month because he was that intentional about it, because he was diving into the masters like this. So what you can do as well is do the same thing that Andre did, is choose a jazz musician that you really admire and choose something simple like a 2-5-1 chord progression or a whole song form and just say, I want to learn a solo, or I want to learn a bunch of licks, or I want to listen to Charlie Parker for the entire month so that I can get his sounds in my ear. And I want to be practicing and trying to figure out how to sound like Charlie Parker for an entire month. And I guarantee you, just like Andre, that that's going to rub off on your playing. And even if you don't end up sounding just like Charlie Parker or whoever by the end of the month, you will 100% guarantee have taken away some isms or some lessons from that study itself. All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Do hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you learned something today. And I hope, of course, you'll take action on some of the things that you learned today. By the way, if you need help taking action... Um, I mean, you heard it today. You heard it from the people that are actually doing it, right? Uh, and we really foster that kind of community of taking action in the LJS inner circle. So if you'd like help with that or just a great community of other musicians who are all kind of action takers and you want help with your jazz playing and you want goals and practice programs and all those things that are just going to help you get to where you want to go faster, then check it out. Uh, go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's where you can find it. Or you can always just look in the show notes if you're on the website or if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, look in the description uh, of the podcast episode and you'll find a link in there as well. All right. We'd love to have you join us. Okay. We're going to be coming out with another great episode of the podcast coming up next week. So make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.